This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. Well, nice to see you again, Simon. You're looking handsome, as always. Good to see uh, you too, Ryan. Uh-huh. With uh, your turquoise shirt on. So, oh, man. You had to put me out there. <laughs> Everyone picture a turquoise shirt. So I'm Brian. This is Simon. And we're here uh, today with Heather Morris. Yeah, it's good to have you, Heather. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Um, I've got to know Heather over a number of years. I don't know if we're friends or... Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's working colleagues. Heather at the moment is home mission secretary of the Methodist Church. Yeah. But your role's changing. Maybe you introduce who you are. Tell sure. us who you are, what um, you do. Yep, Simon's friend. Um <laughs> it's important thing. Room, absolutely. Um Minister in the Methodist Church in Ireland, uh, as you said, home mission secretary at the minute, which um is about um encouraging a culture of mission in the church, which is a wonderful job to be asked to do. Mm-hmm. And um we'll be changing role uh, in July uh, to become secretary of conference, uh, which is a, a very important position. No, which we're going to, that, uh, to become secretary of conference. Heather, we're we're really you know delighted and honored to have you sitting here with us. You know, Heather, um, I always think that that we have some sort of message each of us. Like, of course, we say many things, we talk about lots of subjects, but there's some deep abiding message. Like, if you only had the one sermon, and in many ways, maybe all our sermons are. They're, they're a variation of the one sermon. You know, tell us about who are you, what is your heart, and what is, what is your your sermon, your your heart's message? My name is Heather Morris, and um, I know that God loves me. Uh, God's called me to, uh, to be a Methodist minister, and part of that call is to the Methodist Church in Ireland that I love. And deeper than that uh, is a longing that everybody could know Jesus. And that transformation that Jesus alone can bring. And that's my heart and that's my longing for individuals. And it's my longing and heart's cry for the Methodist Church in Ireland because that's where God has has called me. And I believe that uh, in that traditional denomination, God is still at work in lots of different ways and that he has given us a future and a hope. And part of that is about being part of what God's doing in the world for the transformation of the world and making that love known. Um, prayer is a deep part of that. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, alongside structural change that's happening for us at the minute, God has graciously again and again called us back to prayer. Uh, so uh, last year, uh, he called us to a concentrated year of prayer across the church. And I believe under God that that was significant in terms of shifting our orientation, enabling us to look forward um giving us and reigniting within us a heart for mission under God. Uh, So excited to get to see bits of that and excited to be part of that story within Methodism and as God builds relationships, because that's something else I believe that God is doing by his spirit, is building all sorts of relationships across the breadth of his church. And there's something powerful and deep in that that speaks into the world about who Jesus is. 
One of those sets of relationships is with 24-7. 24-7 supported that particular call to prayer that we heard, heard from God uh, last year. Irish Methodism has partnered with 24-7 in lots of different ways, notably in Ibiza and in what God is doing there. So that for me is one of that, those significant sets of mm. relationships. Uh, so excited to be part of that and speak to that um, in these days and at Praxis. course we're interested in new ideas um in change in inspiring missional innovation and imagination that's really like the air we breathe mm-hmm. um it's what our lives are all about but uh shocking experience so we just we just enjoyed celebrated patrick's day saint patrick's yeah, day well this last weekend so have you not fun. celebrated it before not doing it in Florida? No, they, it's a worldwide phenomenon. It is. Isn't it? it is. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. Um, obviously, a little more significant uh, to be here in Ireland celebrating that. But you know, you you Simon, you were talking about Patrick that morning, mm-hmm. telling a little bit of story and kind of looking at some of the things he's written, what he's left behind, and I had to say I was kind of inspired. You know, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm not, that's not shocking because your speaking is not inspirational, but because that, that, that Patrick became this sort of source, um, for me, it felt so, so my experience of that was it felt like this old story that, that felt to me like innovation, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about him and who he was. And it just got me thinking about where inspiration comes from and maybe even something like institutional change maybe sometimes we can find our way forward by looking backward, by mm. looking at our history. Um, but just, just talk a little bit about Patrick. And I mean, in particular, I was, I was kind of making note of that. He saw himself as a sinner, mm. but also as like a called person, a person with purpose There's something really beautiful in that paradox. And yeah, there's a great quote. I think it's for in his, um, in his confession, he talks about being seen as a stone in the in the mud. Yeah, that was great. So he says in it, I know this for a certainty, that assuredly before I was humbled, I was like a stone lying in a deep mire, and that he who was mighty came and in his mercy lifted me up, and more than that, truly raised me aloft and placed me on top of the wall. Um, yeah, and I think his story, and I suppose growing up in Ireland, you hear a bit about St. Patrick, but you mainly hear about snakes and some of the you know, him being trafficked to Ireland and working as a slave. But when you think about mission in Ireland, you think about the church in Ireland, there's a lot, I think, that we can be challenged by what he talked about. Him, his own recognition of who he was and, you know, being here as a slave for six years, going back home and then really feeling the call of the Irish people to come back. He was in a dream. He had this idea that he was being called back to Ireland to to tell people about, about Jesus. Uh, and I think the difference... I think there's, there was other people sent to Ireland to look after Christians in Ireland, but Patrick really saw himself not only as looking after Christians, but also how do we reach the people who don't have a faith? And I think he caused a lot of issues for himself. A lot of people had difficulties uh, with this heart for people who weren't, didn't have a faith, who weren't Christians. Um, and I think that that real heart, the recognition of who he was in Jesus and how much God had done for him, how much grace was for him, but also recognizing that other people need to to see, feel, hear, know that grace as well. Um, I think it's as the Irish Church reconsidering and remembering that story. I think could be 
very important. Something, something almost paradoxical too about there's a humility to him, um, seeing himself as a rock in the mud, you know, a stone in the mud, and yet a boldness. And that, at least from from my perspective, feels sort of uniquely Irish. You know, this 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 on the one hand um, modesty, but on the other hand, a kind of strength, a boldness. Mm. Uh, you know, he and that there's it's almost like an archetype for the Irish missionary, you know, to be both humble, yeah. admitting this yeah. is where I came from. I'm not, I don't feel better than others. I mean, even that, that, that image of like a stone, I was just in the West. And so I saw those stone, stone walls, walls yeah. and it, it's almost like that's what he was imagining when he imagined mm. the stone that has no purpose. It's just covered in mud. It's meaningless sort of, and to be found, discovered, mm. to be pulled out of the mud. And then he says, you know, not just used, but placed on the top mm. of the wall, like this, this honored, but, but that every single person, every single believer has a mission, has a purpose, mm. is yeah. seen by God, lifted by God for some, I don't know, enduring purpose, because those walls have been there mm-hmm. a long time. Those yeah. stones that were chosen, that were placed, mm-hmm. uh, are still there and significant. I mean, there's something about, that paradox that feels Irish almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's something deep in what you've said about being a cold person, that sense yeah. of deep identity in knowing in God that you're called to something, which is yeah. which does what Simon talked about, which actually be, can become under God the impetus that says, let's mm. go beyond where we're comfortable yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and let's go for that. And I think there's that cold identity that's really key and really important. And actually, I think something that needs to be rediscovered as well mm-hmm. or re-remembered yeah yeah, yeah 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 and maybe someday you'll get your own day yeah and everyone will celebrate your your day well maybe that's not the point <laughs> no the no end, it's but... definitely not <laughs> yeah there was somebody who said he was a saint of the open frontier mm-hmm. i think that yeah interesting to call to not only the people in the church and i think we're in a place where we ha- we can't just be called and comfortable with the people in the church but actually the, the people outside mm-hmm it's good. So, I mean, you know, I think that happening to me is sort of a reflection of something significant, the idea that sometimes in order to, to think about it, where do we go from here or how do we grow or how do we change or how do we innovate, um, that, that our own origin stories, our own, our own institutional histories, which can sometimes feel like the enemy, you know, or sometimes mm. feel like we have to get away from that or people are holding to grasping too tightly to those stories. Uh, for the wrong reasons, actually can be a source of um, motivation, inspiration, almost like a rooting of our future in our past. Um, so, you know, Heather, you're, you you have a unique vantage point of the church and you are a part of, I suppose you, you sit in a leadership position over um, a storied historic church in Ireland. And so, and I also know that you have a very, um, you know, courageous heart and, and you, you're not afraid to think through change and wanting to see some, some renewal and some new ideas, find life in the Methodist church in Ireland. And so, um, I just wonder what your, your thoughts are on that. Like it, it is part of the way you have to think about the future to look at someone like a John Wesley or something. And, and how are you seeing that, 
uh, as a as a possible path forward, I guess. I think we are. I mean, one of the things that I love about Methodism uh, is that story, is that rootedness, mm. which is not just a rootedness in the story of John Wesley, but actually the rootedness in the God who called John Wesley mm-hmm. yeah. and who enabled that to happen. So uh, I think that there are... Um, his courage in terms of going where he felt God was calling him. So one of the, the stories I love about Wesley was that um, after he felt his heart strangely warmed in, in a particular uh, experience in Aldersgate Street, that he finds himself propelled out into the streets and he didn't want to go. <laughs> there's, there's a part, you know, there's that part. He, he, he didn't want to go and he's honest enough about that, but he goes and preaches on street corners and in an Irish context encourages the people who were willing to um, to pour themselves out, to ride for miles on horseback, to preach in markets, mm. to preach in English and in Irish. Uh, and that sort of, that willingness to go is, I think, part of our heritage and part of who we are still, I trust and pray. Um, and the other piece of that are his theological emphases. Now, they are only, I believe, biblical emphases, but there are things that that, that he emphasized, uh, like the fact that God's love is for all, that there's nobody outside of that, mm. and that God's heart that longs that all might come to him, that Jesus, Jesus' life and death and resurrection, which stands as hope for all. Um, and that piece where he combines an interest in uh, people coming to know Jesus and living that out and being concerned about education for all people, being concerned about the fact that people didn't have enough to eat and actually being concerned about people who were in prison and visiting them and living that out, not in an isolated sense, but actually that that is the gospel and a wholeness on that. So for me, those emphases and many other inform who we are now there's a Mm -hmm. and that should be a spur to us and is there's also a danger that we look back to the past and think that the past is the best Mm -hmm. and that trust that actually the, the the future that God has for us is is better than the past. Yeah, what's the difference? I suppose. I mean, that you know, I, we all have maybe examples in our minds of the ways that people have held on to the past too much and too too long, and it actually becomes a hindrance to the way forward. And and it can feel like uh, this enmity with the origin story or with the past. And what's the difference? I mean, what's the difference between reading our stories, our root stories, our beginnings? And, and and seeing the radical, beautiful call to to our lives now versus uh, we're just going to hold on to what, I mean, what's the difference in those two readings? Mm-hmm. For me, it's, it's, it's about allowing the Spirit to, to inhabit uh, this part of his church. So speaking as a Methodist, to allowing the Holy Spirit to inhabit us and not just to look back to the past and say, wasn't that wonderful? Mm-hmm. Or even... That's just what God was doing then. But mm. actually, will we be up for that sort of radical, in these days, language, missional discipleship? Because mm. that's what it was. Mm. <laughs> People gathering into three and fours, looking each other in the eye and saying, how are things with your soul? Mm. Or what about that issue you talked about last week? Mm. How's that going? Are you praying? And and the twelves then that were about equipping each other to live every day for Jesus, those were actually missional communities. Mm. Now, the challenge for us as Methodists, and I believe God's doing it, is to actually get on with that and not just say that's our heritage, that's our DNA, isn't that great? Or look at how that's being inhabited by other new churches, mm. <laughs> but actually saying that's part of who we are now and we're going to do it mm. even though that can be hard and sacrificial let's do that for the sake of the world yeah. the, the, the amount of books that i've come across on movements and even talking about the missional story the amount of books that mention wesley and mention 
how that movement started and then I suppose subsequently how it I suppose ended or slowed down but I did a uh, an independent study when I was studying I did it on um John Wesley and looked at his class groups, looked at those as, is this a vehicle for, and the things was thinking about missional communities and is this a vehicle or is this a way that the church could reimagine a um, mission? And it was amazing seeing some of the stories, how effective they were. It was mobilizing ordinary people, normal people. There was that discipleship element and accountability element, but there's also the expectation to go out, but it was the, the motivation of lay people and how quickly and effectively he gathered people trained people who then further trained people and that was a massive the holy spirit using those things those ideas he came up with to to see a, a movement spread so absolutely. quickly absolutely and i think there are stories of how that's happening now even mm. within methodism so um uh, a group called seed which is meeting in belfast which is actually beginning with worship and uh teaching rediscovering what was what is it in our roots that god might be uh, enlivening now mm. and a group of people who are up for that whatever that's going to look like mm. or i'm thinking about a church in the far north of Northern Ireland, where um, you know where there's a record, they are living as a family on mission and up for that, and there a recognition that actually church, you know, church happens as as uh, you know as we gather, but also yeah. as we scatter yeah. and beyond what you know what our traditional church was, mm. and so it's very exciting for me to see that happening in a traditional denomination. Mm. And maybe something too. It just strikes me that that there's an orientation that we might have toward the future or toward the past, and actually that orientation then um, colors or influences the way we read those stories. So if I'm oriented toward, and Simon and I are oriented towards the future, so when we read Wesley, we're contextualizing him into the future. We're thinking about who who are we supposed to be now? How how are we going to be salt and light? in the world in which we inhabit mm -hmm. and we see in Wesley an inspiration for that. We don't want to go back to you know, a century ago. We have no interest in that necessarily. Mm -hmm. we, we want to live in this time. We want to see God move and deliver something beautiful like that in our time. Mm -hmm. And it, it just strikes me that that's a part of maybe the, the work that must be done that, that if you're, that if you are oriented towards the hope for the future and to see God at work in our own time, and you look back, you can sort of have the best of both worlds in a way. You're, maybe you're, maybe you're encountering the God, you know, who was, who is, and who is to come. Mm -hmm. That there is, there is a way in which we we can and must know God who was. The worship is memory. That's part of what we do to 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 know and celebrate the person of God, who is. Mm -hmm who is with me now, even in the, even in the reflection. Mm -hmm. And of course, who is to come, the one we hope for, the, the life that we hope to see, the vitality of the church again coming and dreaming and hoping for that. Uh, if you, yeah, if, uh, if, um, if you were to give a word, I suppose, to, to those who are maybe in historic institutional contexts um even your own people you know what, what what would you say and and simon maybe you too like what's the what's the encouragement uh that we need as we think about the future but also consider our our own histories 
one word's always going to be a challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm um, going to talk, the, the little phrase that came to my mind first of all was the God who gives us a future and a hope. And that future orientation, I think, is really important. I think it's there um, in Methodism. And I think it's also a struggle for us because um, we, uh, under God, long for that future and are um, anxious to, in both both positive and challenging sense of that word imagine the future that that god has for us so um for me that imagining is not the work of human hands that is it's the god who gives that imagination future and hope so that would be what i would want to do well and even rooting it in the person of god the, the thing we're chasing is not some story not something in the past or even who will be now but that the story of a wesley or a patrick is actually the story of God, and He's Absolutely. present uh, in this conversation in in our lives right now. Yeah. I think that sometimes, and over the past, I've got to disillusioned being part of denomination because things happen very slowly. Um, but then there are glimpses, and I think history can really help us help us to look forward. And I think the the story of Methodism and Wesley can be really exp- inspiring. If if we can grab hold of that, and there's more and more people doing that in the denomination, I think the Methodist denomination are are looking back to that to move forward, and I think that can be really encouraging because it is frustrating sometimes being part of a denomination, part of anything that's well established. I find that difficult. Some people find comfort in it, and there's a, a familiarity with it. Um, but for me, for a long time, I suppose I was I was frustrated with it. So there's kind of holding on in there, whatever denomination. Um, you're part of there are bad parts and there's difficult parts and there's frustrating parts but there is still there's a family there and there is a history there and it's re remembering that history and moving forward with that absolutely and that the future will be informed by the past whether that's mm. stories like yeah. patrick or wesley yeah. um but the deeper the biblical mm. story the story of yeah, God yeah, who's yeah. still at work in the world yeah. um but it might be informed by that, but the future's not going to look the same as the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being up for that, yeah, I think, yeah. is, is very And we see that in the important. Bible all the way through. He's, God's yeah. people looking back and remembering what God had Absolutely. done for them. That's right. But it's not getting stuck there and doing the same things that they always did. Exactly. Yeah, or the difference between tactics and values. You yeah. Know, like saying, okay, you know, the, the early church had these values. How can we embody those values? Yeah, yeah. Versus, well, the early church met in the temple courts. We need to go find some temple somewhere yeah, yeah, to yeah, meet there yeah. because that's a tactic which must be them. held on to yeah, yeah. with a death grip or whatever. And the same thing can be true of Wesley. We can't say, well, what really mattered was horseback. You know, we need mm-hmm. to, what we need to do, uh, you know, in the, in 2019 is, is go, go horseback. Get, get some horses. Yeah. And that's what will bring yeah. back the, yeah, yeah. the revival, the presence of God, or the, the Salvation Army getting a brass band or something yeah, yeah. like that. That's where the yeah. real magic And sometimes happens, I think yeah. it's hard to distinguish between those that are values and those that are tactics. And people have different opinions on those things. And that could be hard. Well, that is the problem, I guess. Yeah. But, but, you know, in the end, what it is that inspires us forward as we look back does have something more to do with the heart of it, the spirit of it, the values, mm-hmm. the the sense that God was embodied in those people in this way. And I, and I, I think it, it, is, it is a mistake uh, to, to maybe commit too much to tactics which are, which are old or yeah. you know, yeah. long gone. Yeah. You know? So we have to be brave enough to let go of that part yeah. of the story while trying to see a renaissance of the, of the spirit of the yeah. thing that made yeah. it. I mean, what is it that makes Wesley get on that horse or do 10,000 yeah. open air sermons yeah. or whatever he did? Uh, that I want some of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And actually, unless we're willing to do that, I think we're, we're 
we're getting very close to idolatry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's looking mm-hmm. at the God who inspired mm-hmm. that, the values that are underlying that, not, oh, wasn't Wesley great? Talk more yeah, about Wesley true. than you do about yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Well, thanks for this, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Enjoyable. You've been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. Subscribe, like, or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or online at praxismovement.com.